Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, a man with an inflatable rubber suit, plus David Malky. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, known as America's Radio Sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm melting. I'm literally physically <laughs> melting, it's Jordan. It's a hot one. Holy it's a hot mackerel. One. I think after one of the there, I I love being from San Francisco, as you know. Sure. I'm very happy and proud to be from San Francisco. One of the few downsides of being from San Francisco is that once it goes over eighty, I get real crabby, and once it goes over ninety, I get real melty. Mm. Here's how I'm beating the heat. Uh huh. Throw a couple tea bags in the Brita filter. No. Yeah. Right in the Brita filter. Yeah. Just put them in there. Not I have in a question. I have a the, question. Oh, okay. Is it about which segment of the Brita filter? Doesn't the filter just filter out the tea? Oh no, no, you put it in the and bottom. you just end up with pure clean water. Yeah, no, it's called a, <laughs> It seems like a waste of tea bags. It's, well, I like to push my Brita, so it's you know, so it's not a pussy. Are you describing? I'm like, well, you a, can filter out tap are you water. Di- wait, imperfections, pushing? but is, can you? Is this a Brita or a French press? This is a Brita. Because you push a French press. No, I'm talking about pushing it to its limits. Oh, like in a metaphysical sense. Yeah, like... You like to like take it to P, the like max. Like in a P90X kind of way. Oh. Like, here's what I say. You've been getting complacent, Britta, filtering out tap water imperfections. See if you can work your magic on these tea leaves. Well. Jesse, I'm putting it in the bottom. Speak... Pure tap water goes in the top. Tea bag in the bottom. Speaking of P90X, <laughs> our guest this week comes to us from the world of webcomics. The most uh, yoked man in <laughs> webcomics. It's a powerful medium. You know him as the creator of uh, Wondermark, mm-hmm. uh, which runs on internet, including in AV Club. Uh, you know him as uh, the creator of many best-selling t-shirts. There's a lot of them. There's a, there's a lot of them. That's the way to make money in webcomics, guys. He is the co-author and editor of the Machine of Death book. That's also uh, very good. Very good book. Creator uh, of my The Revolution Will Not Be Telegraphed t-shirt that has an old-time guy on it. Yeah, that's one of the t-shirts I made. Mm-hmm. Please welcome to the program Mr. David Malky. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having you me. You might actually be the most yoked man in webcomics. It's possible. I mean, I, I wear baggy shirts because uh-huh. I don't want to intimidate people. Mm. And it's also a wan distinction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Are you more yoked than the guy who does VG Cats? That guy... Is I don't want to say he's he's ripped because that's that word is is on its way out. Mm. It's more like <laughs> and you like to stay with a contemporary idiom. Every new uh, bodybuilding culture has a more violent idiom. Mm. So he is flayed, flayed oh. to the bone, past muscle down to bone. When I it comes out in the comic. Yeah, you can, like you how can, strong and powerful this guy is really comes out in the comics. There's a vibration from his hand moving the tablet. You mm-hmm. can see sort of a wiggly line. Have you ever met like a guy that is both really, I'm going to say ripped, mm-hmm. um, torn asunder, mm-hmm. 
and also uh, geeky. And then he wants to tell you about some really weird workout he does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely definitely some of the hardest people to deal with are nerds that have recently become ripped. Uh, our friend Bucky Sinister, mm-hmm. who I won't say is a nerd because he's also kind of a punk rock kind of guy. Yeah. Um, a past guest on this program. Uh Bucky and I got into this conversation at the Radiohead live show that we did a few months ago in San Francisco mm-hmm. um, about his new, uh, his new fitness interest, which is kettlebells. Mm. Like, like 19th century. Right. Yeah, they work the whole body. It's like it's wait, wait, like so these getting are... into medicine balls. Wait, wait. So, uh, can you describe these? I I can't picture it. It's like if you imagine, um, if you imagine like a dome of iron, right. yeah. cast iron, black, like you'd make a fence from. Yeah, and it has a it has a handle on the top, like so a it, teapot. Sort yeah, of. it sort of looks like a teapot, only a, a like an elongated, taller version of a teapot, and much heavier than a teapot. And it's made out of cast iron, solid cast iron. Wow. You know what I'm talking about now? Yeah, like an old-timey... Yeah, that would be picture, something someone calls a gymnasium. <laughs> yeah, it's like the hand weight where equivalent... You, yeah, where there's a reducing machine. ...of sure. a barbell with two round balls of iron on either Right, ends. you have to wear a tank top with stripes on it okay, in order sure. to operate this. So, I don't know. I guess I get, you know, shaving with a straight razor. <laughs> right. Or, you know, waxing your mustache or one of those other kind of cute... Anachronistic things, woolen <laughs> bathing suits. Yeah, but right. but 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 how did, is is this actually more practical? Is this actually better for you, or is it just another thing in the line of like? Well, I think it's you a, know the idea is it's a whole body workout that requires only the kettlebell itself, yeah. We're not a, a giant bench or apparatus or elastic bands or whatever else you wouldn't have in Russia, which I think is where it's from. Mm-hmm. Sure, and so the uh, the Russian farmers. Who were moving like axes and, 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 and sledgehammers and so on were very strong. And I think the kettlebell is designed to mimic some of that same motions. Hmm. It's just like being a Russian peasant farmer. <laughs> right. Known for their fitness. Who were very fuckable. <laughs> are, you, are you sick and tired of being a member of the bourgeoisie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and the thing is, um, Stalin could still kill those guys. Yeah. So it's not that that prevents a, like, like you, it doesn't save you from danger in an abstract sense. It just makes yeah. you able to outrun a bear. It can't, right. It can't make you fight um, government imposed it starvation. Doesn't, it doesn't give you confidence to rise up with your fellow uh, peasants. Sure. Do you long for a return to a subsistence agrarian <laughs> society? <laughs> Are you, well, I think we're all overwhelmed by the first world and its challenges, right? That's a good point. It is. There's a lot of people who are deliberately trying to go back to a more ascetic way of, of living. There are people who uh, want to work out, and they will work out with a sledgehammer they bought at the Home Depot wrapped in a towel. <laughs> right, right. Rather <laughs> That's than, a thing. Rather than the, the weight set you could get for half the price at the thrift store. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the right thing, so we can't use that thing. Sure. It's a genuinely bizarre and terrifying world. But what, what it is is, I mean, ultimately... No one wants to work out because it's very unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like those people that we, we were discussing who are super ripped, they must find some physical reward from that that I have never, ever, ever been able to identify. Yeah. You know what? I was just talking with my wife about this. We saw a dude who was just super ripped, just walking around, and I told her that I didn't trust people like that. <laughs> and she asked me why it was, and uh, and I thought about it for a minute i think the reason that i don't trust them is 
why are they doing that with their time? <laughs> like, what are they getting from that? And yeah, I don't right. mean a healthy, like, athletic person. I mean a muscly person. Right. And I guess, I guess, I guess I might, what I might theorize when, when you know, when people, when people are, are getting ripped is like, is it a more sex thing? Like, right. is it, like, but I guess maybe, maybe, maybe there is a certain kind of woman and th- and I will talk a little bit about this kind of a similar topic later, but like maybe it's like being a rockabilly guy. Like there is a rockabilly girl, if, unless you have a pompadour and cuffed jeans and a sparrow tattoo, swallow tattoo, sure, either or, uh, you just something, don't have a chance. Maybe something they're... that might circle Brer Rabbit's head after he gets <laughs> conked on the head with a fry pan. Sure, um, maybe there is. There is a kind of woman that only dates bodybuilders. I right. cannot picture this woman. I guess maybe it's a female bodybuilder. I well, I did, I did have two hotel stays that coincided with female bodybuilder conventions. Mm-hmm. Who were they fucking? Um, they were fucking little mousy guys yeah. that followed them around with a towel. Really? <laughs> well, either they were fucking them or they were using them. Well, right. I mean, you guys can correct me, but I've, I've been to Venice Beach before, and I've seen the muscly guys, and I have not seen women around that, like, muscle beach area. Yeah. They, well, there's plenty of gay muscle dudes. Sure. I kind of feel like it's fine with me if it's gay. There's something about, do you, do you think that my whole antipathy is just based on me being concerned that they'd beat me up and steal my women? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they're after the kind of women that is attracted to you, then maybe they're going about it the wrong way. I think maybe if you're gay, you have more time for hobbies, <laughs> especially sure. if you don't have a family like you're an old-timey gay. I suppose so, but I, I feel like there are more people who are muscly than who are old-timey gay. Okay, like that's the old-timey true. gay is a subset. That's true. So it, there's, I mean, in that Venn diagram, there's some overlap. <laughs> there, there has to be. There's Just, a segment, yeah. but but there are too many muscly guys. And yeah, so I, I my my theory is that there's some kind of an endorphin brain switch that gets triggered. It's like you hear about the runners high and that sort of thing. They get the workout high that maybe is really great, and I just I don't know what it is. So. You know what? It, you know what happens? This is what happens. We have to trick ourselves into exercising. And these nerds that do this thing, uh, they've already committed to not having an interest in sports. Mm. Sports is the number one way to trick yourself into becoming healthy because it's a game. That's the whole premise of the thing. It's a game, but but, but a nerd who got picked last in softball or whatever, they've already taken that off the table. And so now all they have is distance running. Maybe you've got Mm. a bad personality. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you're trying to prove something to the people who picked on you before. Like, I can finally, at the age of 25, once I finally gain some self-esteem, I can go to the gym for the first time and discover this new part of me that I was always able to do but ashamed to do because of the people who were there in the gym before. Talking about the dick. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when you're at 24, 25, you know your sexuality. You find something (laughs) in there that can generate a positive feeling. (laughs) <laughs> right. It's like you realize it tickles. Something sensual. Just sort of, there's a feeling you couldn't identify. This is maybe the brain thing I was telling you about. I'm just thinking about masturbation. Just identifying right. it at a, at a late stage where it's like that, that actually kind of tickles a little bit when I... T- so I think if I can summarize, all bodybuilders <laughs> are just late masturbators. I think, or maybe yeah. they just, for, for whatever reason, have not figured it out. And the time that, you know, normies <laughs> spend jerking it... 
they just go to, hours and, a day, hours and, a day, and they're you know they have this natural rage that they don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> well, right. look, this is Jordan. I'm Jesse. We've got live shows all over the country. We love to talk to bodybuilders and find out. <laughs> what makes them yeah. jerk. Are you gay? Do you jerk it too much? <laughs> or not Come enough? To our shows. <laughs> Later, we'll be at the beach if you want to ruin our sandcastles. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second. I'm Jordan. Jesse, go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. David Malky, do I get a nickname or no? Yeah, totally. Okay, here's... here's I, I was thinking about this a little bit because I was, I was hoping it would come up. Not too much, I hope. Yeah, don't no, overthink no, it. No, I know. But I realized that America's Radio Sweetheart and boy detective are different types of nicknames. Right. One is a attribute. Mm-hmm. One is a title. Yes. And so uh, uh, America's Radio Sweetheart is sort of like Batman, the world's greatest detective. It's, right. It's, it could only be you. Right. Boy Detective is more like Walker, Texas Ranger. Sure. It's a right. guy who was a thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I realized... Specifically a Texas Ranger. In that particular case. It implies that Jordan is a Texas Ranger. It implies that Jordan is... Yeah. At, Am at, I understanding least, this correctly? Yes, 100%. Okay. So um, depending on what you are hoping to gain by the nickname, I feel like you could approach it in different ways. And so I was thinking about what would I want a nickname to be? And I think I could sidestep the whole issue by simply going with David Malky, person of some note. Okay, great. Person of some you, note. Yes, and you, you arrived at that in a very reasonable way. So Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think we, it's great. We ask nothing. Speaking of reasonableness, sure. I want to take this opportunity to point one thing about reasonableness. Last week, of course, on the program... Uh, we talked a little bit about the gathering of the Juggalos mm-hmm. and the within the gathering of the Juggalos, the gathering of the incredibly high credibility rappers that Jesse really loves that are for some reason performing at the gathering of the Juggalos. Um, we, dis- we basically went through the lineup of uh, the gathering of the Juggalos, the music lineup, and divided them into essentially high credibility rappers and clown rappers. Mm-hmm. All fine so far, except I have been contacted via Twitter. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this technology. Mm. Um, you might have seen it on the Today Show. <laughs> I have been contacted by rapper The Psycho Jesus. Now, I wasn't familiar with The Psycho Jesus's music, mm. I have to admit. And it was my... You're familiar with his cookbook. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, locale recipes that your kids won't. Never mind. And his work in in ancient Israel. Yeah. Right. I. um, Oh, no, you're thinking of the regular Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry. You're thinking of standard Jesus. This is before. This is a different Jesus. I thought he came back as a a more gritty version, though. Oh, they did reboot him. They did reboot Jesus. Jesus reboot. Okay, so uh, rapper The Psycho Jesus, who uh, is at The Psycho Jesus. Was kind enough to send me a quick message and on Twitter, and he let me know, uh, LOL, he said, thanks for the shout out, but me and Lil Whitey are not clown rappers. Oh. So I just want to apologize. Uh, no, no, it's good. It's good that we're... I painted the Psycho Jesus with a broad brush. I assumed... And you know what happens when you assume you make an ass out of the psycho Jesus. Mm-hmm. So 
My my sincere apologies. Does he rap about clown issues? Uh, you mean like is that just is that part of his uh, palette of musical colors? Is yeah. that what you're suggesting? Yeah, I'm guessing is is anything about him clown based? I guess why would he? Is his face unadorned on his album cover? Yeah. Or yeah. or is there some pancake makeup in evidence? Um, That's typically the tip off. Well, it's very it's tough to see. He's got only got a little tiny amount of face showing in this picture here. I don't even know if this is a picture of him. What is his position on magnets? Um, <laughs> does he or does he not know how they work? Yeah. Um yeah, well, but I honestly I just I feel like it's it's was nice of this guy to drop no, no, such sure, a nice absolutely. line. Absolutely. Sure. Now, did two different people send me streams of literally dozens of profanity-laced insane clown posse-themed at messages? Yes. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, naturally. But they, they were not, and I want to make that clear, the psycho Jesus. Who Des- seems reasonable. Despite his somewhat unreasonable nom de rap. Mm-hmm. He seems to be a very reasonable man, and I'm going to assume that Lil Whitey is also, could, could be pronounced Lil White, mm-hmm. is also a reasonable man uh, because he's friends with Psycho Jesus, mm-hmm. the Psycho Jesus. Do you know for a fact that it's the Psycho Jesus and not the Psycho Jesus? I do not know that. He does not, in this photograph, he does not look Latino, but could be from that's Spain. presumptive. I was about to yeah, say yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there are certainly mestizos. Yeah. Uh, there are people of all different ethnic backgrounds. And even in South America, you have a lot of Hispanic cultures that don't look what we would call in America as a Latino ethnic. That's a, that's a really good point. So I, I guess the Psycho Jesus, I just owe an apology to, um, both for making assumptions about his ethnicity. Which is so typical. I mean, typical of white people to do. And for making assumptions about his degree of identification with the world of clown rap. Because perhaps in Europe, the clowning tradition is much more revered. Would you? Oh, are yeah, you suggesting he's a, that he's a rapping a, Harlequin? <laughs> he's a commedia dell'arte rapper. Well, I'm suggesting that we can't rule it out from our limited information. Again, we don't want to make further assumptions that are going to be proven wrong uh, on. Uh, by further Twitter messages in the future. What character would you th- do you think inspires him? Arlecchino? <laughs> Il Dottore? I, I, I can only imagine that at this late date, uh, the only way to progress in the art form is to create a fusion of the two. Oh, interesting. Sure. So he's what you might call a Commedia dell'arte fusion rapper. Absolutely. I, I think that would be the only safe assumption to make thus far. Well, our apologies to... His latest album is <laughs> The Emboldened Servant. <laughs> What about the Randy Old Rich Man? Sure. Um, well, anyway, I just I just wanted to get that out of the way, and I also wanted to mention uh, our friend Colt Cabana, a uh, professional wrestler slash comedian, uh, past guest on the Sound of Young America, is going to be at the uh, gathering of the Juggalos. He said he performed at a Juggalo event recently, and he said everyone couldn't have been nicer. Well, were you expecting that the gathering of the Juggalo, and I apologize, I didn't hear this episode, so I, I don't know where you came down on the issue. Were you expecting it was going to be a like negatively themed event, or it was going to be a well, bad it's, environment? It's, I would say that I expected it to be a murder clown themed event, hmm. which I think is actually true. But you mm-hmm. can be an enthusiast of clown murder without being a clown murderer or a clownish murderer. 
Don't, don't you think that's fair? Number one, there's no such thing as a clownish murderer. Murder is very serious business. Sure. Right. So the, if you're wearing makeup and are a murderer or murder enthusiast, it has, you can't attribute a clownish attribute to that? Well, I guess if you were wearing really big shoes. <laughs> I guess it depends on if you're bounding about as you do it. Yeah, I'll give you, or if you had a horn instead of talking. Yeah. Maybe a strategic fart while you're murdering. <laughs> if your daisy shoots not water, but a caustic substance. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so I just want, I just want to say, and uh, 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 we had a few other juggalo defenders mm-hmm. in the Max Fun forums, mm-hmm. um, and they were very reasonable about it. Sure. Um, we didn't have any actual juggalos, but people who defended the juggalos. And I will say that I do genuinely respect, and I do, I did take some inspiration from the gathering of the juggalos when I created Max FunCon. Number one, that is God's own truth. That's not a joke. I did indeed. And I do really like the fact that these, and I'm not going to back down from my assertion that these men are terrible rappers because they are, but the fact that they decided to use their thing to pick out pick great rappers and have them perform, God bless them. God bless them for it. Where do you stand on dick stabbings? <laughs> Either stabbing in the dick or stabbing with a dick. Has your opinion changed on that? Well, it depends on where the fart sounds are in the process. <laughs> no, I guess so. And you're saying you did not hear from any actual juggalos on the forum? No, not on the forum. A few juggalos were kind enough to contact me via Twitter. Do you repeatedly think repeatedly and profanely? I was going to say those motherfuckers don't have a fucking type. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did. I mean, they know a, cer- a limited subset of words. <laughs> Do you think in our audience? Let's just uh, go back to the Venn diagram sure. again. Do you think in our audience there are more juggalos or furries? <laughs> furries Ooh, by, by, by an order it's of gotta magnitude. It's got to be furries. Really? Absolutely. Hmm. Because we, got, we also got a call from someone outside the furry convention, and someone did post in the forum a picture of them at the furry convention high-fiving something called bronies. <laughs> oh, I'm familiar with this. There I, was an article in Wired about this. Really? Yes. Uh, these are men. Uh, I guess they, speaking of reboots, uh, they have recently rebooted My Little Pony. Okay. Um, sure. Popular 80s cartoon, My Little Pony. About horses. Uh, and from what I can tell, it's not dark or edgy, and it's not like, and it's not like, you know, rebooting Scooby Doo where they all smoke pot or something. It's not. It, it is meant for. It's not for the people who were young the first time and who are older now. No, no, yeah. I think it is actually for little girls, from what I can tell. And right. and and I'm I'm sorry, Jesse, if I'm inviting <laughs> you lots of brony at replies, <laughs> right? Fain brony at replies. But I think it is actually for little girls. But there is a um, uh, a community of of grown men. Who just found out they're real princesses. <laughs> right, yes. And I guess there right. is a lot of like YouTube mashup videos that they make and they are... Well, the best children's entertainment bronies. works on multiple levels. Sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I have not watched this My Little Pony reboot, so maybe when, to, to, to tease them would be... From the information that you gleaned from this one magazine article yes. that you probably didn't read all of, um, do the, are the bronies themselves male... Or is there a gender play element to it as well? No. Like, do they have dicks on their costumes, I guess, is what I mean. Well, well, actually, what I... The article I read, I don't think they necessarily dress up as them. They're just fans of it. Oh. Well, the ones that I saw on the internet were dressed up as that. Yeah. Um, And I don't remember junk, 
but it might be hard to get a suit that has junk on it. I feel like that has to be a custom suit regardless. I well, mean, isn't it just for your own? Do you have, when you're a furry, do you have felt junk? Or isn't and there just a hole in your suit for your, your regular human junk? Regular dick to come yeah. out of? I don't, I don't think the in human... The, the human junk is hanging out when you're at the convention. You seriously, have to sheet that somehow. If you're going to intercourse with, a, if let's say you're a dude, My Little Pony, sure, mm-hmm. and you and you get, there's a hot chick, My Little Pony, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you take out a. Keep hum- in mind, you're both dressed as hot <laughs> chicks in the world of My Little Pony. I think it is an entirely female world, isn't it? Aren't all My Little Ponies female? Oh. I don't know how they reproduce though, asexually. Well, a spark, they divide. A, yeah, it's rainbow based. Okay, yeah, it's a rainbow based <laughs> method of reproduction. Um, they piss on a rainbow. But I would think that if you if you wanted to get intimate with a lady, My Little Pony, mm. and you took out a human's junk, you'd have to piss. The on lady, a My Little Pony, would be like, yeah, F minus. But do you, I, wait, I wait, mean, so do you have wait? So she has a felt vagina. You have a felt <laughs> penis, and do you just like jerk off at home later, thinking about how great that fake felt I, sex now, was? I, I'm not going to claim to be a furry expert, but I <laughs> I feel like uh, uh, when the furries have sex, they can take off the costume in like it's 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 to it's to bond as the people in the costumes, isn't it? The amazing thing that this this uh, nice woman who posted uh, the picture from the furry convention. Um, and I'm not entirely sure she was a paid attendee. I think she may have met, met some furries. And, but she was Hotel high-fiving. Staff. She was high-fiving a couple of bronies and seemed to be having a grand time. Oh, I think maybe she was exhibiting something. <laughs> I think at the furry convention, you just have... False felt penises. Yeah. She makes them and that's Well, I think there's the... a false felt penis section and then there's just uh, miscellaneous things that... There's let's bootleg. be honest, if you're into, if you're into furry stuff... You probably want well, Game rep- of Thrones yeah. collectors. <laughs> right, yeah. Say replica Firefly weaponry. <laughs> exactly. You also want the bootleg DVD of the Star Wars Christmas special. Sure. So um, she she posted this picture and she mentioned that it was also the the Boston Red Sox were in town. This event was held in Pittsburgh, and the Boston Red Sox were in town in in Pittsburgh, and so the town of Pittsburgh was full of Boston Red Sox fans because. Uh, it almost never it's a rare interleague play event for Boston to play in Pittsburgh. So, you know, everybody who's got family in Pittsburgh that's a Red Sox fan or they live in Pittsburgh, they're a Red Sox fan. So it was like Red Sox mania there in Pittsburgh for this weekend. And uh, she said that she did spot one lady at the Red Sox at the Red Sox Pirates game uh, who was wearing a Red Sox jersey hat and uh, ears and a tail. Hmm. And it was, she thought that it was like the perfect, uh, <laughs> the perfect intersection, and she just felt so happy that this woman's two favorite things could come together <laughs> in one incredibly unlikely weekend. <laughs> and that'd be funny if she looked at it. She was also just carving a pumpkin. <laughs> like, I like three things. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. David Malky, person of some note. Uh, Jordan, you have actually. We were talking about music festivals a week ago. Yes. As a prospective thing. Mm-hmm. But you have actually had the opportunity to visit a few of these music festivals, yes, these rock and to, roll festivals. I've been to two music festivals since last we podcasted North Sea Jazz mm-hmm. and the Playboy Jazz Festival. <laughs> Excellent. So. Excellent. Well, Adderley was it both? Sounds great. Um, no, I went to the Warped Tour, which is kind of a yearly 
thing for me. I think people who have been listening a while probably have heard several Warp Tour descriptions from me. Yeah, sure. Um, but this is, you know... That is both personal and professional. Is that the sure. Vans Warped Tour? This is the, still the Vans Warped Tour, okay. yes. All right. Um, and is that because there are vans at the like like physical cargo vans? They're, they're both kinds: vans, the shoes, and vans, the transportation so it's device. But I think sort of I don't think entendre. I don't think people want you to go to Warp Tour and then come out of it wanting to buy an Astro van. I think they want you to buy a pair of shoes. So if you are a fan of the vehicle, you it's not really the show not for a, you. I, mean, I you'll did get to see some vans. I made that mistake once. I went to the Warp Tour the year Andrew, our friend Andrew WK, was there. Yeah. And I left, and I bought a full-size cargo van. Yeah. Um, and I With still, a handicap lift, too, as I, I remember. S- I did. I got a lift, and I actually got the inside decorated. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I do not know what to do with this thing. They're it has been on blocks. Think. They're yeah. very long. They're doesn't, hard to park. It doesn't fit in my garage. Sure, they're difficult. I just got it out on the front lawn. I mean, I'm just hoping... Hoping against hope that I, at some point, start a delivery business of some kind. Can right. you rent it out to 70s teens to have sex in? <sighs> no, because I, here's the thing. You decorated they, it with spikes. I spent <laughs> the money I spent the money on the extra length, the yeah. super length, that I should have spent on the airbrush. Hmm. Um, so it's just blank. Yeah, it's just blank. Well, I drew a wizard on there with a Sharpie. Yeah, yeah it fades um, in the sun, though. California but he sun. doesn't look that cool. And also, I tried to make the uh, the Led Zeppelin logo, the Zusu thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I did a shitty job, and it says Zartar. Yeah. Was, I just misspelled it. Here's the secret. You put that on a transparency, and you shine that on the van, and yeah. you can trace it. If you try right. and freehand it, you're going to start big and run out of room. Well, that's why Next time. that's why Dave is Next a professional artist. Time. Yeah, this is a secret of internet comics. So uh, at the Warped Tour. Uh, so yeah, I think I think the, the aka times. the Remembrances of Middle School's <laughs> Past Tour. Well, kind of, well, yes and no. Um, uh, you know, when I definitely when I was in when I was in middle school, high school, the Warped Tour, you know, was was very important. All sure. of my favorite bands were there. You got a, you got a Rancid. You Your got a Blink One Eighty Two. Day. I did not care for Blink One Eighty Two growing up. All right, uh, but but. But similar music, and right. yes, they certainly were there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and now it is now it, it's. But I, so I think the Warp Tour, instead of being a punk rock festival, just kind of shifts uh, based on whatever fifteen-year-olds are into. Uh, here's what I can glean: fifteen-year-olds are into uh, the band where a guy sings in a whiny voice and another guy screams like a monster. Still very popular. Yeah, that's perpetual. Oh. Now there is another kind of band where there is dance music, very like hard, intense dance music, and a guy screams like a monster. Hmm. Oh. There's a lot of goofy white and Asian guy rap acts. Oh, yeah, very popular. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know that was a, a thing now at yeah, all. Yeah, there's a couple yeah. of those. Um, this is in the in the tradition of Linkin Park? Uh, I might say those are more similar to the dance music scream bands. These ones are maybe more like, uh, do you know what 303 is? Area code. Uh, yes, uh, 30H exclamation point three. Oh. No. Mm, that is something. They have some sort of goofy song that's kind of like Pizza Hut Taco Bell, but not really. Can you tell me what LMFAO is? That is that is the same thing. Okay. That is this. Because I've only seen their one song and it has Lil John in it, which I don't understand because yeah. he's from six or seven years ago now. 
Um, yeah, but um, this is like white person, white person slash Asian person rapping, but it's kind of clever and kind yeah, of hip I ironic. I didn't, rapping. I didn't get a sense of the lyrical content oh, of okay. it in this uh, song with in the Lil John song of LMFAO. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not. They're not even really rapping. Sure, like they're it just is, kind of. It it's rap like talking. Yeah, yeah, its structure is rap like. Sure. Like the structure of the songs, but there are no rapped verses really. Just different stuff they're yelling as though it was the chorus of a rap song. Yeah, that that is that's I think a good way to describe what was going on. This, this. is not the rapping where it's about trivial subjects for humor's sake. Mm, couldn't tell you. Didn't again. Yeah. Did not get a good sense of the lyrical content. If I were to guess. I would probably say yes. Like, you have like to understand, Jordan, that David Malky, as I know from having tried to book him for some time mm-hmm. on this program, lives most of his life at events with the suffix con. Yeah. <laughs> and so he sees them. the world through a con prism. I think everything is nerdcore. Yes. Ah, sure. I think this is not... Like, I don't think anyone is rapping about like Boba Fett or Linux. Right, yeah. But I think, and I think also part of it is maybe they're rapping about like party time rap subjects, but they're goofy white guys. Yeah. So that's fun. But but I think there's also fun. like a Lonely Island kind of thing where it's like, we're rapping, but it's about tea. Yeah, like, yeah. I know that's a thing. Sure. I'm not saying I think that's it's, your... it's maybe that with less jokes. Okay. Is how I would guess. Uh, but there was one thing that I did recognize there that I was very excited to see, and that was Less Than Jake. Hmm. Uh, who is a, is a popular kind of punk ska band from my youth. Jake couldn't make it. No, yeah. Um, Second choice. Right. Um, Jake, very good. Less than Jake, eh, B minus. Um, so I was kind of excited to see like how they sounded, if they were playing the hits, and if this kind of group of mainly 13-year-olds would show up to see it. Oh, also kind of aside, there's a beer garden at all these warp tours that is this little fenced off area that you have to be 21 to get into mm. and it just gets smaller every year <laughs> and now I feel it's like two picnic tables and it's like this weird enclosure where children can see what adults behave like in the wild <laughs> it's sort of like it, it, it's sort of like at um, uh, it, it's sort of like at Coney Island uh, at Luna Park how they would have uh, small groups of people from all over the world living their lives <laughs> like in a zoo exhibition sure yes like, uh, here's what an Inuit is like. Yeah, I think, right, yeah. But I think this is like, this is what people who work in automotive repair are like. Well, this is really interesting because, as Jesse said, I go to a lot of cons, mm. specifically comic cons. And what I see are people that were at a comic con when they were young and nerdy. And now they're old and nerdy and still coming to the comic con. And it, the con is shifting to accommodate the taste of the the aging demographic, mm-hmm. whereas the warp tour from your description sounds like the age stays the same and the people grow through it. They they come into it and then they go out of it. Yeah, and and there are some there are some some concessions made for the oldsters. You're mm. less than Jake's, and they have and they'll have one or two kind of crusty old punk bands on. So there. Also but for had, the most part, they have something to appeal to an or, or, older demographic. Sure, Gerald Levert, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the whispers, but <laughs> the four tops. Yeah, someone playing big band music, as in the forties. Mm-hmm. Um, Grandpa Joe and his good old Mountain Dew. That's something from Hee Haw. Ah, oh, gotcha. <laughs> anyway, um, Scott Joplin. <laughs> sure, the Carmina Burana. <laughs> the sound of rain on the roof of your cave. <laughs> Have we gone back as far as we can go? Something yes. from the Internet Archive. <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. That's good. <laughs> um, so, 
so you know, at the risk of at the risk of of, of sounding like a self parody, uh, I really really in, enjoyed the first part of Less Than Jake. They did. I think they did great. Uh, they had a lot of like there was a great mix of kind of like yeah sad oldsters, but then I thought there were there were there were enough kids to make it seem like this was actually something that a kid could be interested in, and uh, I was and and you know that 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 mid nineties ska gets such a bad rap for being kind of goofy and contentless. Um, but you know, they were kind of playing their hits and I'm like, you know, some of these are legitimately great songs. Like these are good songs that could stand up there with like the good songs of like Green Day and Bad Religion that, you know, I think our greatest songwriters, right? (laughs) Our generation's greatest songwriters. Uh, but you know, that like people that, that like rock music critics would, would agree are good songs. Like some of these are, I would say as good as that. Uh, and I was just kind of appreciating it and I'm like, you know, good for you guys staying relevant and then, boom, they slowed it down with a medley of cartoon theme songs. Oh, uh, wow. And uh, then I felt like I had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> then I felt I was so sad I didn't know what to do. You were really moated. I watched um, uh, Lauren Hill on the Jimmy Fallon program recently. Mm-hmm. I think this is the secret. Um, I don't know if you guys have followed Lauren Hill's career. I can encapsulate it for you a little sure. bit. Yeah. Uh, she's in Sister Act 2. Mm-hmm. Um, Back in the she- habit. Then she was in the Fugees, who made one bad album and one good album. Wait, so Sister Act was her breakout? Like, that was the first thing she did? <laughs> yeah, she was okay. like 16 or 17 when she was in uh, Sister Act 2. Why did... Did anyone remember the plot of Sister Act 2? Why did Whoopi Goldberg have to go back to being a nun? Back into the habit. Yeah, back, why did she have to get back into the habit? Because of the pun. Because for a, sec- <laughs> for a second <laughs> time... demanded it. If she didn't do it, they couldn't call the movie that. Yeah. A second time, they couldn't get Bette Midler. Mm. That's why. Okay. Um, so Lauren Hill was in, made one, one bad album, one good album with the Fugees, mm-hmm. made one close to great album, great-ish album as herself. Mm-hmm. And then she married a Marley, uh, disappeared rough for roughly 10 years, uh, during which time she released one two disc unplugged album that did feature a few new songs and a lot of weird crying and stuff. Hmm. Uh, just a quick aside when you say a Marley, and maybe you guys don't know this, but I'll, I'll pose it as a question. Maybe somebody in the audience knows. Uh, a lot of times in my job, I will run across uh, the work of an illegitimate Bob Marley child. Uh-huh. Is there one that's the good one? Um, or are they all equally relevant or equally ridiculous or, or what? Like what? I, I, I she is married, I, if I remember music. correctly, to Rowan Marley. Okay. Um, who is not, I think Damien Marley, Damien Jr. Gong Marley sure. is the most legitimate Marley. And then Ziggy Marley also had some hit records, but he's a little bit older. Okay. Ziggy Marley is the one that I would think of as a Marley because I recently saw him on G4's uh, The Talk Show mm-hmm. on that show uh, pitching his comic book about marijuana. <laughs> now, is it a superhero who gets his power from marijuana? Of course. Okay. What other type is there? I'm sorry. What's his power? Being super just... high? I think it's when he smokes pot, he becomes basically Superman with a pot leaf on his chest. Okay. Oh, that sounds really and, cool. And he blows villains' minds with his 9-11 conspiracy <laughs> theories. <laughs> He's going to save the, the pot fields from the corporate developers. As I, I mean, the pl- he didn't get into the plot much on the interview. Yeah, so well, I, you know, if it's a, this, is a, this is a work in progress. This isn't something that's no, coming it, out. No, it's out. It, oh, oh, it wow, is okay. already out. Uh, they, had a, they had a copy of it, a physical, and I've seen it in a comic store, actually. Oh, wow. uh, I didn't read it, though. Is it him? Is it like an alternate reality where is he the superhero or is it just i don't think it's supposed to be 
him, but of course, everything you write has something of yourself in it. Oh, sure. Sure. It's, but it's not like Mr. T and the T-Force. No, no. It's not a branded property in that way. Oh, so, you know, I think I actually think we just answered my question. Clearly, that one is the most legitimate Marley, because <laughs> he's doing the pot comic book. Right, yeah. And comic books are difficult to make, as you know. So, mm. so does it star Ziggy? I don't... From think... the comic strip Ziggy. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Do, they, do they team up? Well, yeah. well, Ziggy Marley, I mean, that is... I always figured that was him, right? Because we never learned his last name in the comic right. strip, which so I thought was just for privacy. Probably yeah. Ziggy Marley. It's kind of like how in the family circus, Bill, Jeff, Keen, those are all real people. Right. You know, Jeffy and, and Dolly and all those. Right. Oh, I didn't know that about the family circus. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Bill Keen from yeah. the family circus, his son, uh, Jeff Keen, uh-huh. who now does the comic, wow. is Jeffy in the comic. Wow. And so if you read the comic, he's essentially writing the adventures of five-year-old himself. Is okay, let me ask you this question: Is the wife as fuckable in real life? Because holy cow, uh, a little haircut. Well, here's here's the crazy thing that you may not have known. Do you know the name Glenn Keane? I do not. He's the lead animator behind Beauty and the Beast and a lot of Disney's famous hits of the '90s. Okay. He is Bill Keane's son, and he is essentially Billy in the Family Circus. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Famous animator Glenn Keane. What's the mom up to? Uh, dead. No, long dead. <laughs> Still fuckable. Yeah. Uh, That's my next question. What's the quality of the corpse? Uh, You were saying about Lauren Hill, Jesse. So she... uh, There's a couple new developments with Lauren Hill. Mm -hmm. One is you have to call her Miss Hill Mm -hmm. uh, or Miss Lauren Hill. Does either of these depend on whether or not you're nasty? (laughs) Does does, Does how nasty you are play into this? You are not allowed to make eye contact with Miss Lauren Hill. Oh. Really? Um, but she has been, after years of like falling apart in the middle of the occasional concert every four years, mm-hmm. um, she has actually been on tour, and uh, she went on the Jimmy Fallon program, and I have to. And the word on the street was Lauren's back. Mm-hmm. Everybody, get out to rock the bells so you can see Lauren Hill. She's performing all of Miss Education, which I do have to say this one thing about that, sure. which is. This trend, I'm not against this trend of artists playing one of their iconic albums in its entirety at like a festival show. At that last Rock the Bells, maybe Wu-Tang Clan did that. Yeah, I I would, however, say that there may be some issues with using that as your gimmick if you only have one album. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, do you expect people are going to come out to see the new stuff, though? Uh, I don't think there is new stuff. Yeah, what did she play when she was on Jimmy Fallon? She played that thing. Okay. Um, and for some reason, here's the thing. Everyone was talking about how great it is because she's not collapsing into tears in the middle of the first song, which is sort of what had been going on in past Lauryn Hill concerts, it's as far as I bar. can tell. For success. It's sort of like if, you, if, if Amy Winehouse completed a uh, concert right now, everybody would be like, oh, Amy Winehouse is back. Mm-hmm. But she speeds everything up really fast. So her doing that thing... It was twice, one and a half to two times as fast as that song was mm-hmm. on the recording. And it was too fast. She couldn't say the words fast enough. Hmm. And so it was just sort of it was just sort of like it's something in its situations and that mood you like it was like a karaoke person that kept like f- for like dropping a line and then trying to get back into it. Was this so that it could be like fit in before a commercial? 
Uh, it was because this is her thing now. Mm. She speeds every one of her songs up, and I do not know why, but I, every review of a concert I hear, it's always like, Lauren Hill's back, but for some reason she's decided to double the speed of all of her songs. <laughs> well, maybe well, it's a stamina thing. she got somewhere to be thing. that night. <laughs> yeah, it's a stamina thing where she's only got an hour's worth of energy, yeah, so yeah. Right. we got to get through the whole set. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, she doesn't have an hour's worth of songs, so there's that. <laughs> well, that's when she goes into the cartoon theme songs. Right, yeah, that's what the medley of cartoon theme songs. But um, it, you are playing a dangerous game, I think, when you, when you try and dip your toe back into your adolescent memories. Sure. Um, uh, the, the, uh, the second music festival I went to was this thing called the Hootenanny, mm. which is kind of like a, uh, rockabilly kind of, kind of, it's, it's still kind of punk, but, but, you know, it's got a rockabilly kind of edge to it. Mm. Um, and, uh, as, as I kind of, kind of theorized last week, the Warp Tour made me feel very old. And this made me feel very young. I felt very, like, <laughs> with it and successful. Like, you know what? I've got so many possibilities being at this thing. Both of these in Orange County, by the mm-hmm. way, I should probably say. Sure, yeah. Um, because these, the people at the Warp Tour are 15-year-olds who aspire to get a driver's license. Mm-hmm. The people at the Hootenanny are 40-year-olds who aspire to have their own Brill Cream distributorship. <laughs> or, to, sure. or I was going to say, to get their driver's license back. Right, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> it, has been, it has been taken away. <laughs> They are bumming rides. Um, so this was a weird, and I definitely like, um, definitely like growing up in Orange County. Like the girl with the rockabilly look was a super, sure. super coveted bone zone creature. Yeah. I went to school in Orange, so oh okay, so you are kind of familiar with this. Was there a couple years? Yeah, and I, I, I definitely got kind of launched back into that, to that high school headspace where, where just everyone. You know, who was carrying around a paper Chinese umbrella <laughs> was uh, anything slightly off the mainstream is kind of super exotic. Well, you know, and I, I, I that's something I kind of wanted to to bring up is that that you know, as a guy who doesn't really adhere to a particular subculture, like th- those subculture girls are super alluring. Sure. But here's the thing about that rockabilly thing: I don't get it. Like that's why, like, maybe why it's so. So alluring is because I don't like. I understand being punk rock. I understand like, nah, I maybe like an indie rock girl. I can maybe you know peg a few things that she's into. What's the deal with like? What is that? Is there an ethos? Are they religious? As like, you as you know, Jordan, I right. um I love to go to the flea market as sure. a hobby. So I go to the flea market on weekends, and at the flea market here in Los Angeles, if you go, you will find the kind of people largely that you would expect to find at flea markets, which is to say sort of like middle-aged gay antique dealers sure, and sure. decorators, um, you know, sort of scruffy junker guys, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then six swing people. Yeah. And they do not look good. I mean, the time has not treated sure. the swing folk kindly. Yeah. These are definitely... There's no doubt that these are the same swing people from before. <laughs> these aren't yeah, right. new swing people. Uh, these and are people actually, who and were... judging from this thing that I was at, it does no, it does not appear that there are new of these people. But is, what what boggles my out. mind is that they always come in sets and they're dressed for the fucking flea market. Sure, it is eight a.m. on a Sunday, mm-hmm. and women are wearing crinolines under their skirts. <laughs> sure. 
Is this like a like a pinstriped suit kind of a yeah, the kind of whole look? yeah the yeah. whole thing. I mean, here in here in Southern California, I think you will often find the kind of gabardine pants paired with Aloha shirt mm. on the guy. Sure, um, but the woman will often be wearing something that just looks unpleasant to wear sure. when it's hot outside and eight a.m. and it's Sunday. I'm trying to think about. Uh, I feel like there's a thin line between that rockabilly kind of look and roller derby. Yeah, sure. Those are those and, are close. And I, I feel like the roller derby is at least something I can hang a hat on in terms of this is a girl who values a certain assertiveness. Yeah. And there's a uh, like I'm going to get rough and tumble, and that's uh, that's fun for me, and I'm not afraid of things. And there's I can see that there's a bit of a morality like underlying that. If yeah, you're yeah. a rockabilly guy, I will say this. You can be into cars. Sure. So that, a yeah, dude get, who's into cars yeah. could just become a rock. And, and I think that there is a relationship, especially here in Southern California, between Latino rocket, rockabilly guys and lowrider culture. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's not a total overlap, but there is, there is an overlap. Sure. There is an interrelationship between those two subcultural communities. And so I think that if you're a dude who's into cars... And then you get into aesthetics of the cars, and then you just see some rockabilly chicks, and you wonder how you can fuck them. Sure. Yeah, well, and, <laughs> and I think that there's a, maybe a James Dean kind of feeling of, like, I'm kind of a rebel. I'm, I, I just want to drive a car that, that burns gas, and I don't care that it burns gas. Yeah, yeah, it is a little bit, sure, there is a little bit of a fuck you attitude yeah. to it, but not toward anything in particular. Right, just, just sort of toward the system of the 50s. Which which was sort of <laughs> yeah. repressing you? Is it an actual love of the like? Do they like? Is I, in that I think thing? There do is you a lot just, of that. Do you actually watch old tapes of Leave It to Beaver or something? And do you like? I don't know about make that. everything in a crock pot. Like I don't. Uh, you have, I, you have I, one of those TVs that's a big cabinet, but the picture is very small in the center. There's yeah, also right. <laughs> there's also the element of the fact that this is all going on in Orange County. So like, mm-hmm. where are you doing this at the outdoor mall, the Irvine Spectrum, sure. at the Glow in the Dark stuff store? <laughs> yes. Where do you guys stick it to the band? Like, I understand that you once used to drive your hot rods through the orange fields of Orange County, <laughs> right. or whatever. Uh, Disneyland has a day for you people, doesn't but it? <laughs> they're always. I think the point is they're always paired up. Oh They're sure, yeah. No, you up. don't. Yeah, you don't. And and that is kind of like that is kind of one of the things that. And again, that just makes the whole thing so much more mind blowing for I a think, guy who's kind of kind of attracted to these girls. Is that there's not just a group of single rockabilly girls walking around. They always have giant angry men with them. I think like, ultimately it's a dating club. It's like sure. being a goth. Like, do you remember goth kids in high school? Like, they all get together so that they can smoke cloves and date each other. Yeah, but, you know, even with, like, with gothness, I can uh, kind of understand that there's an ethos that goes with that. Like, I right. can maybe even kind of predict what it might be, although I probably don't actually understand it. But I could probably, you know, say some things that went along with it. But, like... But, I mean, with, with rockabilly, you have, your, you have your 50s-inspired punk rock music. Sure. Uh, and you have cars, mm-hmm. and, and, and you get to get your haircuts at your your haircuts at Floyd's. Yeah, right. And with swing dance with the swingers, mm-hmm. you got dancing clubs. Yeah, with Bill Nye the Science Guy goes to them. I learned on NPR. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I heard a story on uh, on Weekend Edition. I think it was. Mm-hmm. 
uh, about, or well, first I heard it on local public radio here in LA. This was what made it truly majestic. Yeah. One of my hobbies is listening to public radio news programs and then getting upset about the subjects of the feature pieces. <laughs> sure. Um, and, That's uh, a fun hobby. Yeah. This, it was on one of the local shows that is, um, that tends to, it's a, if I want to get upset about the subjects of feature pieces, is a good place to turn. Okay. It'll, this is the kind of place where they'll tell you, they'll teach you about what a mashup is uh, in 2011. Okay. I think I'm familiar with this program. So I, I tuned into it, and there was this story about, can you believe that people love swing dancing? It literally <laughs> sure. started, remember those Gap ads in the late 1990s? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and then it was just a purely positive no investigation of why people would still be doing this in 2011. No second layer story just about... It was the same story that you would have done in 1998, only 13 years later. <laughs> right. You and, wanted it to be about the seedy <laughs> underbelly of swing dance. You well, wanted I, to point out the pun in Cherry Poppin' Daddies. I just wanted to, <laughs> to at least address the fact that it's unusual that these people are still doing this 13 years later. There must be some kind of reason. Sure. <laughs> but it just it was like, isn't this adorable? Isn't this and Bill Nye the Science Guy was And involved. Bill Nye the Science Guy was in it. And I was like, oh Local my God. Expert. That's what that's their hook for this thing that they got to interview Bill Nye the Science Guy who is also from 1998. <laughs> like nothing against Bill Nye the Science Guy who I or bet is a great guy. We or all had a lot of fun. But it was unbelievable and I was like I can't believe that this show would do that. And then on and then I told Teresa about it. I'm like I heard this fucking story on such and such local public radio program. I couldn't believe that they were covering this. Like and not even with any <laughs> angle, just a gee whiz story about Swing dancing, and uh, then the next weekend, uh, she said uh, she was she was in the kitchen, and I was in like the living room, and uh, it was a weekend morning. And she said, "Jesse, come here." Then she said, "Wait, no, maybe you shouldn't come here." (laughs) Then she's like, "Oh, fuck it, that swing dancing story's on Weekend Edition." (laughs) Oh, funny. Uh, well, I mean, if, if they you picked it up, it went national. Sure. If you paid for a Take zoot suit with it back in you know ninety eight, yeah, you're not gonna let that molder. No, sure. no, you you can't unpeg those pants, you my gotta, friends. You air that out. Oh, anyway, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. David Malky, person of some note. Uh, here's how it works here on Jordan Jesse Go. If you've got a message you'd like us to share, you can sign up for our Jumbotron program. Give us 100 bucks for a personal message, 200 bucks for a commercial message, and we will share it with our listeners. Um, all you got to do is email our development director, Teresa, at Teresa at MaximumFun.org. We have two messages this week, Jordan. Uh, coming first from Alan Holm. Alan Holm is a, a gentleman who is looking for a job in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, looking for a job in the San Francisco Bay Area in desktop support, application support, or project management. Um, he says that he thinks that anyone who listens to Jordan Jesse Go uh, and is hiring is probably a cool employer. Which is probably true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a high praise from him. We happen to know for a fact, for example, that there are some uh, ladies at Good Vibrations in San Francisco who are hiring. Uh, wait, we don't know that they're hiring. No. But do we know <laughs> that they listen to Jordan Jesse sure. Go? Maybe they need project management is, at Good Vibrations. Is project man- management one of those things that's a, that's a term in an industry? Because it seems very broad. Uh, yeah, I think it means that you're, it's, it's like administrator. It's like you handle some kind of uh, software. 
I think it's specific. I think it can be anything. I think it's like you're the person who's in charge of making, of delivering the goods. Because a project can, you know, be anything. You could build a mall, and that's a project. Yeah, and it needs a project manager. Sure. So if he's qualified for that, then that opens up his his options considerably. Well, allenhome.com is where you can find information to find out if he's qualified for one of your jobs, and you can get in touch with him there. He has insisted that we include his slogan, there's no I in home. Hmm. AlanHome.com. That's great. Um, of course, all these links you can also find in our uh, forum. We also have a new one. Uh, this one comes to us from our friend Matt Howie from Metafilter, mm-hmm. longtime Maximum Fund supporter. He's got a new website. It's called Fuelly.com. F-U-E-L-L-Y.com. This website is a website for fuel economy nerds. Oh. This is like you type it, you, you type it into the website when you buy gas. And your mileage. Mm. And it calculates your mileage and tracks your mileage for you so you can figure out, like, what kind of mileage you get when you do what kind of driving and so on. And you can also, like, essentially compete in competitions with other people who have the same kind of car as you. <laughs> who can be the most fuel efficient. But this is yeah. a real thing. This is when people, like, waste the most. they get behind, a like, a semi-truck on the freeway mm-hmm. so that they decrease their wind resistance. Like, there's a lot of details. To yeah, this. a lot of drafting. Oh, I had no idea. This is yeah. a big thing. you got to have a kettlebell, <laughs> a medicine ball. Right, sure. and, and your van can go as you know, uh, farther than you ever thought possible. Well, anyway, I, uh, Matt suggested it for Jordan just because he knows that Jordan is a miser. <laughs> sure. So this is perfect for your, uh, for your miser on the go. Mm-hmm. Um, Something else to obsess about. You're right. Uh, it's also cool because you can actually... I'll stick with eating out of the garbage. <laughs> Thank you very much. You can actually use it to find out uh, what kind of uh, gas mileage a car actually gets if you're in the market to buy a car because it's based on reports from actual people. But reports from people who use the site and are therefore driving in a more efficient manner than the layman? Mm, possibly. But if you're already going onto the site, you probably aspire to be that person. Good point. Anyway, it's all online at Fuley.com. You can find all these links in our forum at forum.mac. MaximumFun.org. And if you want to sponsor an episode, email Teresa at MaximumFun.org. You can also, by the way, Jordan, email Teresa if you want to sponsor multiple episodes, which I think Fuley is going to come back. We've had a, a lot of longer-term... episode run. A lot more long-term uh, uh, sponsors lately. It's a whole different thing. We can put together a whole program for you. Just email Teresa at MaximumFun.org. Oh, I, I, I want to say, uh, say one more thing, which is, uh, Jordan, you've met our friend uh, Davin uh, on the forums. Uh, uh, Davin, he's also come to Max MaxFunCon sure. a couple of times, a longtime Max Funster. Um, he has, uh, unfortunately, a close family friend um, who was recently in a car accident. It was a very unfortunate situation. She was in the car with her family. Uh, she is pregnant. Um, uh, it was a very bad traffic accident, and uh, she and uh, her several of her kids are in the hospital. And so, uh, Davin has come to the Max Fund community. They're trying to just put together a little fund to uh, help take care of her uh, medical bills. Um, and so, uh, they're basically, I mean, their goal, their stated goal, Davin and, and his uh, wife, I think, girlfriend, girlfriend or wife. Uh, are trying to uh, just put together something so that these, so that when the uh, when this woman is in the hospital, she doesn't have to worry about the medical bills and medical bills for her kids. She just has to worry about getting better and and so on and so forth. So 
Um, we've got that online. Uh, we've got the link to the donation page, and I, I made a donation. You can make a small donation or whatever, something that doesn't crimp your style. Uh, but uh, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Max Fun Helpers. I set that up. It goes to the forum. There's also a thread in the forum at MaximumFun.org. So you can make a, you know, I just, I just think we have, we have so many listeners here. And um, I know that there's plenty of folks out there who, you know, could give up five bucks or 10 bucks or something like that, 20 bucks. Um, and it wouldn't change their lifestyle. So, you know, you help this lady out. David's been, uh, David and his wife, uh, Lindsay, have been um, uh, such huge parts of the MaxFun community for so long um, that uh, I, I thought this might be a good thing to bring out to our audience. So bit.ly slash helpers. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Jordan Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy, detective. David Malky, person of some note. Um, David Malky, of course, the creator of the uh, webcomic Wondermark. That's true. Um, a delightful, very funny webcomic. Oh, thank you. That's what I like about it. <laughs> if I was going to list the things that I like about it, number one would be it's very funny. That's the goal. Yeah, it's a very funny webcomic. Have you ever seen the American Experience episode about, and look, <laughs> not every Jordan Jesse Go has to be about an American Experience episode that I saw. But if it's not 50-50, I'm doing something wrong. Um, I was going to stop you right there because, of course... About, yeah, this is the place you come for American Experience recaps. About Coney Island? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, God. This thing is so wonderful. So I'm watching this thing, and I'll tell you about it, how wonderful it is uh, maybe in just a second. I'm watching it. At the end, guess who directed it? Hmm. Mr. Rick Burns... The director of A Terrifying Tale of Sea Madness. Wow. The popular American Experience documentary that I saw just a couple oh, months ago. Sure. Wow, there you go. He'd done more than one. He's their in-house guy, it sounds like. He's directed my two faves. Sure, he's on These staff. are my top two favorites. Wow. Grandpa Al Lewis. Grandpa Munster. Oh, that's... He's in this thing. He does, wow. his, uh, he does his carnival barking. From when he used to work in Coney Island in the 30s. He, he was also on Car 54, Where Are You? Um, oh. And the movie version playing the same character. He is so awesome. You basically see him and you understand why the Green Party ran him for governor of New York in the late 1990s. <laughs> You're like, this is like the greatest guy in the history of the world. That's all you can think. Oh, here's another important thing. I mentioned this just because it seems like something David Malky needs to know for yeah. his comic strip wonder mark. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, the guy who founded one of the three big, uh, parks at Coney Island, you know, Coney Island was, uh, uh, this group of competing parks. Sure. Sort of like East Berlin. Yes. Uh, the guy who created, uh, the guy who created one of them made his money by making an inflatable rubber suit and paddling the rivers of the world. <laughs> Good. Yes. Yes. Good. That, no, yeah. That, 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 that's 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 the most turn of the century thing in history. Yeah. No, there's absolutely. There's. A, I love stories of adventurers who, especially when they end with, on his final attempt, he perished. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those sure. are my favorite. There was. I took when I was in college. I took this uh, 19th century American popular culture class, um, uh, or it was American popular culture through World War One. 
And American popular culture was a little bit boring at the beginning of the 19th century <laughs> and the end of the 18th century. But oh man, it yeah. ramps up fast once you hit about once you get to the machine age, <laughs> yeah. shit gets crazy. Well, that's also the birth of popular media. Yeah, absolutely. Now you got magazines going nationwide, and you got your PT Barnum's, all yeah. kinds of shit. Yeah. What's great is what's great about that period of entertainment is that they've become interested in science and uh, you know learning about the world and so forth and like amazing feats <laughs> but of, not of, in, of discovery but not in things that are real <laughs> yes exactly they sure. don't care what they still haven't figured out that you should care whether something is true or not <laughs> And so you just have this amazing magical world of I, I remember I remember that liminality was a big theme in <laughs> in the like essays that I wrote, uh, which means the the limin is like the border area between two things. Sure. And so um, it's everything everything in like eighteen ninety three America was liminal. Like everything <laughs> was half truth, half lie, half machine, half pre machine. Like everything. In the most amazing, wonderful like, ways. Yeah, it was a machine, but it had a midget inside. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, dealing cards. <laughs> just the most, the most legendary, the most legendary, uh, uh, some of the most legendary stuff at Coney Island. And I really think people should rent this DVD of this Coney Island American experience because it's one of my favorite things ever. Number one, try this on for size. How about a hotel shaped like an elephant? <laughs> <laughs> you, you can stay anywhere in there. Yeah, just. Fucking stick that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> I remember seeing pictures of um, when they discovered the first dinosaur fossil, uh-huh. and and uh, this is around the same time. Right? Uh, they built they built a restaurant based on what they thought the dinosaur looked like, and everyone went inside and ate. <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, this thing is so. I can't even begin to, and we got to do momentous occasions in sure. a second because that's what we started up this segment to do. But I can't even begin to tell you the wonders that are contained within this one hour of Coney Island, including uh, quotes read by, among other people, Mr. George Plimpton. Oh. Um, but this thing is just so full of magical learning about crazy ass shit that went down in 1905. <laughs> I mean, just 1905 in America was just a time. Anything goes. Yeah. I mean, and not just like Inuits in cages. <laughs> like, not just that. That's where you started. That's where you start and you go out from there. Like, the, if you watch people riding the steeplechase, was the most famous ride in Coney Island. And it was essentially these literal iron horses that you got up on top of and just. And just go over these hills, these iron hills on this track, and you do jumps on a track. It's completely insane, and you can just see just you, all you can see as you as you see the footage of it is just all you can picture is just brains, just <laughs> brains spilling out everywhere as people crash between these horrible iron horses. Ah, oh, it's just tremendous. And then they they sing the little songs that the Italian families would sing on the beach. Contemporary oh. litigious culture has ruined all of entertainment. Oh, my God. It's so great. Okay. Well, speaking of things that uh, contemporary litigious culture ruin, uh, how about we go to the tape for a little bit of uh, the old momentous occasions? Hi, Jordan, Jesse Go. This is Hal in Alexandria, Virginia. I was just listening to momentous occasions and had one of my own. I drove by a, a lone man walking on the sidewalk playing a sousaphone. And attached to the sousaphone were uh, several small American flags and a three-foot-wide airplane propeller. He was just walking down the sidewalk playing a sousaphone. So that was, uh, that was pretty awesome. 
God bless America. <laughs> Strongly in favor of this. Hooray for sure. America's birthday. Yeah. Wait, a th- did he say a three foot wide airplane umbrella? Airplane propeller. Yeah, I think yeah. he did say that. Th- three foot, so. I mean, that's for like a kit plane. Yeah. Or an ultralight. That's sure. a, but that's a still, nonetheless, that's a serious propeller. It depends on whether it's mounted by the hub or, or just strapped to the, the, the thing laterally. Oh, that's a good point. If it can rotate, it's significantly more dangerous. Otherwise, mm. it's just decorative. Um, did you know that John Philip Sousa invented the sousaphone? That's why it's called the sousaphone? I did know that. He invented it because he, had, a, he like had songs that he wanted to have a part in, and he had to invent a way to make this horn be something that a guy could carry around since he only wrote for bands that carried their instruments around, mm-hmm. a.k.a. marching bands. <laughs> That's what they're called. I, I, I just I find the purity of his commitment to marching music <laughs> so beautiful, right? Like, he's like, look, he's like, look, I could just write this thing for a group of sitting musicians. It's been done. But the- <laughs> sure, but how will they how will they get to the gazebo? <laughs> right, how will they get to, ind- to Independence Hall? Yeah. I mean, speaking of this time period, how will they get to the fucking hotel that's shaped <laughs> like an elephant? Sure. <sighs> hey Jordan, hey Jesse, hey go. This is still from the Midwest and I just gave my first blowjob. Yeah. Like that's why I did it really quietly. I'm in the bathroom right now. Okay. Love the show, guys. Bye. We love you, too. <laughs> this is why we created momentous <laughs> occasions. God bless you. Yeah. Was that Bill? Dill? I don't know. Lil? <laughs> Didn't hear it. Hard to say. It was from a the, high from enough the voice that yeah. it could have been a unclear, lady or a fella. Unclear. Let's keep her gender. anonymity, too, for her dignity. Yeah. Absolutely, and In the Midwest. That's okay. yeah, yeah, or his dignity. Well, but let's not make it all it's about better. his feelings. I think it's cooler if it's a dude. Well, you know, I don't know. It's just like you this know, was, this was a girl. What's that cooler, talks. a billion bucks or a trillion bucks? You <laughs> yeah, know? that's a good point. It's all just too much money. It just feels like more, it just feels like uh, like I feel like if it, if it's a dude and uh, it's his first blow, it's the first blow job he's given. It's kind of like more of an accomplishment. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's, it's sort of like a combination of coming to terms with something about yourself that society may or may not be supportive of. Sure. Um, and learning to celebrate it mm-hmm. because it's great. Yeah. There's no doubt that blowjobs are great no matter who's giving them to who. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, if the They're person doesn't good. want the blowjob. I guess what I'm saying is, is that, in it, it, that there is an added element of triumph. Sure. If it's a dude. Now, if it's a lady, you have the advantage of, you know, uh, uh, for one thing, ladies are prettier. <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. And, and although there, do you think there is an element of inevitability here? Because this lady, uh, if it is a lady, is probably going to give a blowjob at some point in her life. It just yeah. happened to be now. It's par for the course these days. Right. With ladies. In the Midwest. Yeah. Or anywhere. Anywhere yeah. in, in the West. Mm-hmm. Forget the mid. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the, on the other hand, I was making an argument for a dude, but now I'm thinking about it for a lady, and there's an element of sort of like uh, seizing the power of your own sexuality. Sure. That's a pretty great triumph, too, for a lady. Where do you think this call falls on, uh, in the, the overall canon of hushed calls made from bathrooms? Oh, wow. This was one of Top? our... 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I, I wonder, feel like I, I'm just wondering about the blowjob recipient at this point. Is he like languishing? He's got a few minutes before he cares. I wonder if it was his. First, <laughs> I wonder if it was his first blowjob. It's hard. That would be really nice if it was. Right. Well, in that it's really sweet. But if it is his first blowjob, and she now left him to go into the bathroom, I mean, was she like rinsing out her mouth? Is it that sort of thing where there's an implication that she's done something? I think it's he. I think his name. I think it was a he named Bill. Hmm, Really? It could have been a she named Lil. Uh, Either. Yeah. Either. I wonder how you get your. How, I'm wondering how you go with your cell phone into the bathroom. I guess maybe I'm assuming that she didn't you were clothes. nude when you were giving the it's blowjob. Possible but you don't she, have to be, I guess. Yeah, kept her pants on. A sure. lot of houses... She has the phone in her pocket. Yeah. A lot of houses these days have a variety of different bathrooms. Mm-hmm. You think there could a, be on a, a different level where a purse might be, or you might have to grab okay. your purse to yeah, freshen yeah, yeah. up. No, sure. How about that? Try that on for size. Do you think there's a phone extension in the bathroom? Is this the house of a millionaire? Yeah. Is this person who called in a millionaire? That's why they have this devil-may-care attitude. Sure. But, but also had to keep their name sort of hushed and mumbled so that the press wouldn't find out. Oh, yeah. And you know what? This is one of the all-time great momentous occasions. <laughs> and sure. I want to thank Dill for, <laughs> for sharing this. For, for sharing that this with D. us. I, I feel so... I genuinely... Jordan, yeah. this is going to sound ridiculous. <laughs> okay. I feel honored... Sure, it is to an have honor. Shared it that. is an absolute. It is an honor. I don't mean to 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 queer this moment, such as it was. But if it is a a, a gentleman caller, uh-huh. is it possible that this person is in the bathroom because they have simply folded in half? Oh, I I'm confused. What and do you? How do you mean? So An auto felated. David. Oh, I've given my first blowjob. Yeah, right. And and it's, we're assuming it's sort to of a euphemism. Per- but why do you have to be quiet? Well, I guess. Because mom moms upstairs. This is up there with the Alzheimer's. This was up with the guy. Remember the remember the fellow who called in that said he just went to his first uh, just went to his first uh, cross dressing night at a bar. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Like this is the kind of thing where it's it's like a real it's a real special. It's a they're letting us in on a real special moment that, sure. that not a lot of people are going to get. Well, now a lot of people are let into it. Yeah. Tons. Tens of thousands. Most of them are furries and juggalos, too. So, um, I, oh, I would like to know. I mean, not, you know, not, this is, I guess, maybe a little bit of an embarrassing call to yeah. make. I mean, obviously, I had to do it from the bathroom. Right. I'm curious as if it was reciprocated. I'm, con- I'm curious as if it was. I this, hope so. If this was a two-way street. You know what right. else I want to say? Hmm. Hey, if, if you're a teen out there yeah. and you're, th- you're thinking about losing your virginity, yeah. do it with someone you love. It's nice. Isn't it's that nice. nice? I mean, that's not the kind of message they learn on their Teen Wolf reboots. No. <laughs> so it's nice that they're hearing that from someone who they trust. Because mainly, who do, who do teens have to talk to? They have us. Yeah. And they have the Teen Wolf reboot. And they Absolutely. Have, yeah, and, and they're friends at the Warped Tour. Yeah, and Which all the other one? kids at the Warped Tour. Well, they can yell and something have, through the chains at the beer, the, the adults oh, in yeah. the beer garden. If they're looking hey, for advice from adults. I have adults. some questions about blowjobs. But when you, if you're a teen and you have something on your chest, so to speak, that, that you want to share with your, your peers but you feel embarrassed about, mm-hmm. what better chance to do that than at the Warped Tour when it's possible that you won't be heard because of the power no, Jordan played yeah, by yeah. Green? Day. Jordan, I've got a great action item. Okay. I know there's a lot of teens out there listening to this program. Sure. And there probably should not be, but if go there's, ahead. If there's one thing that teens... Yeah, they can listen to it. That's fine. If there's one thing that teens are hungry for, Jordan, mm-hmm. 
It's straight talk. <laughs> it's cum, apparently. <laughs> if there's one thing that teens crave... Um, oh, and straight talk. Straight talk, Jordan. Yeah. That's what teens are out there are looking for because they're getting they're getting they're getting blasted with messages <laughs> <laughs> from every side. Jordan, yeah. you're ruining my action item. <laughs> I'm not. Look, making it better. Jordan, yeah. Don't <laughs> j- don't chase this up. <laughs> sure. They're getting media in their hair. Yeah. Jordan, you suck. Continue. Here we go. Teens are getting messages from every angle. Mm -hmm. Up, down, (laughs) left, right. Up their ass. (laughs) Nowadays. Yeah. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. Yeah, no. You got parents. You got teachers. Mm -hmm. You got religious leaders. Mm -hmm. Sure. If there's one thing that I've learned in my 30 years on the planet is that there's no one worse to trust than parents, teachers, and <laughs> yeah, religious sure. leaders. Police officers, they just want to arrest you. Yeah. yeah. Hell you yeah. Know? Or yeah. shoot you. So there's only one real place to go for straight talk. Mm-hmm. That's me and Jordan. Yeah. So if you're a teenager... We've lived it. <laughs> if you're out there, if you're hurting... If you need advice, if you need guidance, if you need us to explain something to you about the world of adults. Questions you're afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. Just don't give us your full name. Just give us an initial and where you're calling from. Call us at 206-9844-FUN. That's our straight talk hotline. And next week we will select a few calls Mm -hmm. and deliver a little bit of straight talk. So if you're out there. For teens. If you're out there, you're a teen. Are you thinking about trying drugs? Are you considering trying a new type of new type of intercourse? Sure. <laughs> um, are you thinking about what uh, movie you should go see this weekend? Is the Teen Wolf reboot worth your time? Is suicide real? <laughs> <laughs> um, whatever it is that you need guidance on, and really, I'm. What kind of car should you buy? Mm-hmm. Uh, should you opt for performance or safety? 10-year yeah. or 30-year mortgage. Fixed or adjustable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, is it a bad time to get into an arm? Yeah. Uh, I will, in turn, ask that you explain what dubstep is to me. <laughs> 206-9844-FUN. That's our action item this week. Straight talk for teens. Um, I'm really excited. I think we're really going to make a difference in some kids' lives, no, Jordan. Sure. This is going to be the biggest thing since we started that inner-city softball league. Yeah. And then we'll, we taught them all to make salsa. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. David Malky, person of some note. David Malky, it's been a delight to have you here. I'm sure all, all of our uh, listeners are busy right now rushing to Amazon.com to purchase Machine of Death. As they should, and as many of them have. Mm-hmm. You got some Dark Horse Comics uh, 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 compilations of your Wonder Marks as well, right? There's three of them, absolutely. These things are very funny. You can get all three of them at once on Amazon, and you probably don't have to pay shipping or sales tax. Wow. I think people are going to enjoy these Wonder Marks, Jordan. Customers who enjoy that, what will they also enjoy? They'll also enjoy, uh, well, uh, we could check it out. It's probably going to be like exercisers. Um, there was actually one very interesting uh, thing that I saw, which was a uh, tablet for your car office. You've, you, this is for people who are professionals on the go. Yeah. And they want to have their uh, their laptop with them. Everything is handy. And this was one that fit right over their steering wheel. 
Oh, so this is so this is to more effectively kill yourself on the road. That's that's the implication. I think you're supposed to use it when the car is stopped only. Okay. But this was something that did show up on Machine of Death at one point mm. as customers who like this also might like to read a document while on the freeway. Okay. Did you know that people who like your books also like other books of webcomics? <laughs> Do they really? How surprising. Um, but uh, they, they like that Linda Berry book where, uh, that Linda Berry was talking sure. about on the, on the San Diego America recently. Good for her. What is that book? I don't even know it. It's called The Nearsighted Monk. Oh, these Linda Berry books. I cannot recommend these two. She wrote these two creativity books, mm. one about writing, one about making art. Mm. And they are so inspirational. That's great. Like outrageously inspirational. I love getting inspired by reading books. I'm not shitting you here. I wouldn't imagine If you think I'm shitting you, I'm not shitting you. I didn't think you were shitting me. He's not. Why why would he be shitting me? I'm a guest in his house. I recorded a podcast for your program. Is is that ever going to happen? It's going to go out uh, in two weeks. In two weeks on the Machine of Death podcast. It is. And the the Machine of Death podcast, uh, which is free on iTunes, is uh, short stories from our book being read by the authors or other fine people like Jesse. And, you know, I met a couple of people at Max FunCon who are working on submissions for the sequel to Machine of Death. Machine of Death 2, which is uh, still open for submissions for only two more weeks. This is like a crowdsourced compilation of writing and stuff like that. It is short stories that all revolve around the, a shared premise. The premise being, what if there was a machine that could tell you how, but not when, you will die. And you have famous people writing these things, at least famous people from, the, from this For certain world. definitions of famous, yes. Yeah, and you have also, and you have... Uh, there, are, uh, it, there are illustrations by, by legitimately famous people from the world of comics. And uh, our first book had 34 stories, 36 illustrations. It went to number one on Amazon. When you say legitimately famous people from the world of comics, you're talking about Superman? I'm talking about, mm-hmm. I'm talking Ziggy. about, your, talking about your Ziggies. I'm and talking about marijuana your, Ziggy. I'm talking about, we go from, from Ziggy to marijuana Ziggy, the whole spectrum. Okay. Both Ziggies. All the Ziggies. Mm. And, of course, you can, find the, you can find the web comic in the AV Club and at wondermark.com. That's right. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Jordan, we got one more program, and then uh, you're going out of town for a couple of weeks. I am, yeah. So something will happen. I've got good news for you, Jordan. Hmm. I found an able fill-in. Oh, wow. good. Our friend Nick Adams. Okay. Repeat's going to be stopping in, filling in for Jordan. Nice. Um, we've got great guests in the coming weeks, and we got a great action item this week, Straight Talk for Teens. Yeah. Now, if you're not a teen but still want Straight Talk, can you call, or is it limited to people 19 or under? I mean, we're, we're not checking ID. Mm-hmm. What if, if they assume sort of a high voice when they call? Then I'll know that they're not a teen. Okay. So sure. don't yes. do that. Don't ever do that. Don't f- do a fake voice. You'll spot it. I, I know. Look, I know there are real teens out there with real problems. Yeah. Um, drugs, alcohol, mm-hmm. incontinence. <laughs> <laughs> teen Wolf Reaper. <laughs> Um, monster voice bands. Whether, whether to use a real dick in My Little Pony costume or a felt or, Yeah, one. or a false felt dick. We'll, we'll give you straight talk on any subject, but here's the thing. It is going to be straight, unalloyed, unvarnished, hard as a rock. You might not like the answer. <laughs> but you're going to love the questions on <laughs> Straight Talk with Teens with Jordan and Jesse. Okay, uh, 206-9844-FUN, the number to call. JJGO at MaximumFun.org. Our email address, hashtag it on Twitter, JJGO. Uh, we review, I ask that people review mm-hmm. our podcast on uh, iTunes. Yeah. 
We got a flood oh, of terrific. reviews. That's great. Please, great. And please keep. If you have not reviewed the podcast on iTunes, please do so. It makes a huge difference in the iTunes rankings. Absolutely, it makes a huge difference in how people see the program. We really appreciate everybody who's taking the time to do mm-hmm. that. That was really great. I mean, like I was, it was real. Literally, hundreds of people did it. Um, and it was really very touching that those people did that. So thank you very much to all those folks, and thank you to all of you who are about to go out and do it right now. And if you've already done it, you can search Machine of Death in iTunes, and that's just as good. God, give me a fucking break. Uh, Malky, was that fucking plug fest we just gave you? How about this? Everything (laughs) that I said about... Every single thing that I said about Children's Hospital a few weeks ago when Rob Corgi was on this program... Take that and reverse it for Machine of Death. Uh, Wait, did you say that, did you say bad things that's or good too things? Confusing. If you have to go back and listen, to I don't know. If, if you, you enjoy, things, with your, if you on, enjoy Machine you enjoy of Death, or did you not enjoy you're a real dipshit. Okay. I hate no, you. No, that's better. If you buy it, you're out. You're out on the street. You know why? Because Malky thinks he can come back here and get plug after plug after I already spent five minutes plugging his fucking book. Okay, that's, that I went out clear. and did a fucking book reading show where I stood in front of an audience at the fake gallery in Hollywood really and read this fucking short story that was yeah. 45 minutes long to 30, an audience of people who didn't know who I was no. and was complaining about the fact that I was wearing a necktie on Twitter. Did really I did nice. all of that shit for David Malky, and he comes in here really good job. throwing yeah. in extra plugs on top of the plugs I already gave Dave, him. Do you think that blowjob guy was a guy or a girl? I think it was a girl. I think it was a girl. I, think it was I personally anyway. think it was a girl. Our theme music is Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. We'll be back next week on Jordan Jesse Come. <laughs>